January 15th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bavaka Yod Six lines from the top. This morning's class is dedicated in loving memory of Rafael Ben Rachel and Ruth Bat Gilsom, Ralph and Ruth Gindi Alehem Hashalom. Uh, the Gemara, if you recall, is commenting on our Mishnah. The Mishnah had mentioned that the circumstance situation when a person is liable to pay for damage is specifically when it's nechasim she'in bahin me'ila. It's when you damaged an item, property, which doesn't have connected to it uh, the isur, the prohibition of me'ila. Me'ila is the isur from the Torah of getting any benefit from hekdesh, from something that's uh, sanctified and holy. Now, the words of the Mishnah are very telling, because the Mishnah doesn't simply state that it's an item which isn't hekdesh, but rather an item which doesn't have the isur of me'ilah, which makes us wonder and realize that maybe there's a situation where an item is really kadosh, it's been sanctified, it has the status of holy, but nonetheless there's no me'ilah, and that would be a case where you'd be liable for uh, compensating uh, in a situation of damages. What type of situation would you come up with? We'd, re- we'd generally assume that if it's holy, if it's sanctified, it's going to have the sort of me'ilah. How will you find a case where it's hikdesh, and nonetheless, there's no me'ila. Says the Gemara, nechasim she'en bahin me'ila. Again, six lines from the top. Me'ila hu delet behu. If we're reading the words carefully in the Mishnah, it's telling us that we're dealing with damaging property which doesn't have me'ila. That prohibition, that isur called me'ila. Ha mekadesh kadeshe. However, it might be kadosh. Uh, what would you have, uh, sir? How could you find a circumstance where something is perhaps kadosh, hekdesh, and nonetheless has no me'ila? Mantana, who is the author, perhaps, then, of our Mishnah? Amar biyohanan bekodashim kalim gelili. It must be, says Rabbi Yohanan, that we're following in our Mishnah, we're alluding to the opinion of Rabbi Yosei HaGelili, and we're talking specifically about Kadashim Kalim. What are Kadashim Kalim? There are different types of korbanot, as we've mentioned uh, in the class in the past. And uh, the one that we're focused on specifically over here is something like Shilamim, Bechor, Korban Pesach. It's korbanot, it's sacrifices where the owners, the people who brought it initially, will be able to and are supposed to consume from the meat of that animal. It has a lower stature in terms of severity. It's called Kadashim Kalim. According to the Biyoseh HaGilili, in terms of its lower severity, its more lenient status, so much so do we consider it low, quote unquote, to the extent that it's considered Mamon Be'alim. Legally speaking, that belongs to you. Generally speaking, if you sanctify something, if you say this is Kodesh, it becomes Hekdesh and it's out of your possession entirely. Over here, when it comes to Kadashim Kalim, according to the Biyoseh HaGilili, uh, the status is maintained as Mamon Be'alim. So again, says the Gemara, Mar Biyohanan Be'Kadashim Kalim. Ve'aliba, and this would be following the opinion of the Biyoseh HaGilili, De'amar Mamon Be'alim Hu. The opinion of the Biyoseh HaGilili is that when it comes to like Korban Shilamim, Bechor, Korban Pesach, when we're dealing with Kadashim Kalim, uh, the status is Mamon Be'alim. Now, what sort of ramification? Who cares if it's yours or someone else's? Ultimately speaking, you're sacrificing it. Well, here's one example. Would you be liable to pay for it? Of course, we dealt with at the end of class, and we'll continue with that today on Friday, that this, what's the status if you want to be Mekadesh a woman with that animal? All funny examples, but when we're trying to test out 
to figure out, to empirically uh, prove whether this is yours or someone else's. Uh, you have to find situations where it's relevant. You'll find relevancy over here, uh, if you damage the animal. Find relevancy in the context of kiddushin, you want to engage a woman, it needs to be yours. Where else might you find relevancy? In Masechet Sukkah, the lulav and the etrog need to belong to you. What if it's sanctified, but it has some sort of status a bit different? You want to test that out. You're not really going to use animals for your, uh, uh, your lulav and your etrog, but you'll have to figure out ownership issues over there as well, in, uh, in addition to several other cases. Well, anyway, says the Gemara, Ditanya, how do you know that Rabbi Yosei HaGilili's opinion is that when it comes to Mamot, when it comes to Kadashim Kalim, we continue, consider it, Mamon be'alim, the property, the possession of the original owner. Ditanya, the Beraita, teaches us from a pasuk by what's called kefira be'pikadon. When the initial, when the person who is uh, who, who's tasked to watch over someone else's item uh, lies about it, the Torah says, if the person were to lie, uma'ala ma'al badonai. The pasuk seems to talk about this me'ila being not only ve'kafar ba'amito. It's talking about uh, denying or negating, uh, uh, not telling the truth to both your friend and betraying God as well. When are you going to find a situation where you're betraying your friend and God? Suggest to be osehagili. Which means to say, this beraita, which is stated in the context of nothing to do with our issue, but in the context of the animal which a person's looking over, and the pasuk in a funny way seems to mention, at least according to the reading of Vibiyos Yagilili, a wrongdoing both to God and to the person. He derives an amazing, a fascinating halacha that Kadashim Kalim have the status of Mamon Be'alim. So Rabbi Hanan again, to state it clearly suggested that our Mishnah, which talked about a case where something is perhaps Kodesh, but doesn't have Me'ilah, would be talking about a Korban Shelamim according to the Yosei HaGilili. And therefore, if you decided you had a, a very lucky week, a lucky year, a lucky month, whatever it was, and you decided you're going to bring a Korban, so you say, You say about an animal, this will be a Korban Shelamim. Myself, my family are going to go partake in eating from this animal. It's very exciting. It's Korban Toda, perhaps. And we're going to, and, and then as you're walking it through the street, uh, my animal gores your animal. What would be the halakha? We'd say, I would immediately say, that's not Shorehu, you sanctify that animal, I'm off the hook. The Hidush here of our Mishnah is you're still liable to pay. Why am I still liable to pay? Because the person, you in this situation, still have a partial ownership or a full ownership, legally speaking, over that animal. Says the Gemara, that being the case, and here's what we got up to on Friday, it would stand to reason then that if this animal were used by a man to betroth to engage a woman with, it should work. After all, it's the question that we ask the man, the hatan, the groom under the chuppah. We say, is this ring, is this coin entirely yours? You need to use something which is yours in order to be Mekadesh a woman. No, no, it's mamon be'alim, it's yours. It's legally yours. That's the halakha. No, 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 you're being mo'il both in Hashem and in the person, but the legal status of the monetary value is the person's. You're lying to God, but you're also lying to the person because it belongs to him. 
So the Gemara now will challenge us from a Mishnah and Masechet Kiddushin. Again, it would stand to reason, it would stand to reason that according to the Biosea HaGilili, if I wanted to in some strange, I, I say, you know, honey, we've had such a wonderful courtship, we've been dating for such a long time, I want to not only betroth you, I want to use something which we'll enjoy together, it's yours, it'll be yours, it's going to come from me, it'll be a korban todas, I've already sanctified this animal, I've said this will be a korban todah, it now has the status of korban todah, hikdesh, I take that animal and hareat mikudesh li moshe does it work or not? According to the Biosea Gilili, it should work, uh, but it's already Kodesh, but there's no Me'ilah, and more specifically, it's Mamon Be'alim. However, says the Gemara, Vehatenan, doesn't the Mishnah in Masechet Kiddushin and Afnun Bet teach otherwise? HaMekadesh Be'chilko, we'll define that word in just a moment, but l- loosely translated means with your portion, with his portion. Ben Be'kodesh Kadashim, Ben Be'kadashim Kalim, Ena Me'kodeshet. So the Mishnah says quite clearly, irrespective of the type of animal you're using with regards to a korban, whether it's koche kadashim, what we call a korban ola, korban hatat, korban nasha. It's, it's, it goes without saying, loz of afzo. How you lying to Hashem? How you lying to Hashem? If you lie anytime in court, you're lying. Why are you lying if you're giving it to the woman? No, 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 no lying over here. We learned from the Pasuk in the Torah that the status of this animal is in the context of uh, lying. Uh, it belongs to the person, the kihesh ba'amito. As a result, we realize that in general, this animal, according to the Biosia Galilee, has the status of ownership to the person who's in possession of it, even though it's Kodesh. As a result, you should be able to use this for Kiddushin. There's no lying taking place, there's no damage taking place. That's what I mentioned. There's at least three cases where we can test out this law. We can test it out. It has to be shorter ehu. It needs to belong to your friend, so to speak, when you're damaged. It needs to be number two, the lying, the kihesh ba'amito. That's with regards to the pikadon. And number three, the next one that we're bringing up is just with regards to kiddushin. We're talking about a legal status, deriving it from one place and applying it to others. But this Mishnah says, even in kadashim kalim, even when it comes to korban shlamim, bechor, korban pesach, whatever, todah, in these sorts of korbanot, she's in Amikudeshet. Lema, should we suggest It's strange that the Mishnah would leave out a critical uh, opinion. Galili should chime in. The Mishnah should say, by the way. I didn't define the word Helkoya. I didn't define the word Helkoya. I said I'm going to come to that word. Give me one second. Um, give me one second. But um, for our purposes in the moment, uh, the, the, it seems clear from this Mishnah then, the fact that the Mishnah doesn't conclude, but Rabbi Yosea Gilili disagrees. If it's Kadashim Kalim, she is Mikudeshit. It seems like something's wrong, Rabbi Yohanan. Something in your interpretation is wrong. And as a result, we'll say that, yes, Rabbi Yosea Gilili said this only about lying by a pikadon, wouldn't apply this as a general principle. What do the words behelko mean? Hamekadesh behelko, if a person uses his portion. 
Uh, what's his portion? Well, there are different portions with regards to an animal, any animal, including korban shilamim. When it comes to the kohen, the kohen gets the portions of the animal, which are known as the hazeh and the shok, specific parts of the animal. That's what the kohen is given. It's called matenot kehuna. The owner, the person who brought originally, gets different parts of the animal. And then certain fats and otherwise are being burnt on the mizbeh. So when it says behilko, Rashi, will read it in a moment or two, defines this as whether it's of the kohen or the Israel. In other words, whether I've already given this to the Kohen, and he's now turning to his wife, the Dwak, the Gindi, the Beta, whatever, is turning to towel, turning to his uh, wife-to-be and using the part of the animal which he received from a Korban Shilamim. Harari brought it in, not a Kohen. Hands it to uh, Gindi Kohen, in the, in the, in Kohen Kohen, in the, in the uh, Mikdash, and now... Uh, he can use his portion, I can use my portion. We could all do Kiddushin, Kedat Moshe Yisrael. That's how Rashi interprets it. Tosafot, a bit differently, on the right-hand side, Umechayim, it's words in the Gemara we're not up to yet, but their interpretation is otherwise. They believe that uh, when we're talking about Behelko, we're only talking about the Kohen. The Yisrael, it goes without stating, certainly according to the Biosegalili, we'll have to deal with this in the continued lines in the Gemara, is always going to be considered Mamun Be'alim. So in other words, when the Mishnah says Be'chelko and Amikudeshet, it's only when we're talking about the Kohen. It's details which I don't know we're going to fully flesh out, no pun intended, today, uh, but at the very least, that's uh, with regards to that word Be'chelko, there's a full Nimuk and Omek on it. But for our purposes, we're stuck. Rabbi Yohanan, we're challenging you. You told us that according to Rabbi Yosea Gilili, that's the opinion we're dealing with. Kadashim Kalim are Mamon Be'alim. So then how come Enam Mekudeshet? Answers the Gemara, answers the Gemara, Afilu Tema, you can argue even, in other words, the Mishnah in Masechet Kiddushin, that the woman, I had that beautiful idea, Hareat Mekudeshet li bebehemazo, Kedat Moshe v'Yisrael, Enam Mekudeshet. Why not Mekudeshet? I thought it was a great idea, Rabbi Yosea Gilili. Even according to the Biosea Gilili, she's not Mikudeshit. Ki Amar Biosea Gilili Mehayim. Avale Ahar Shehita Afilur Biosea Gilili Mode, the Ki Kazahu Mishuhan Gavoa Kazahu. Uh, the statement of the Gemara in a, a famous line over here, which comes up in several Masechtotes, that Rabbi Biosea Gilili would distinguish. He would say there's a difference between when the animal that you sanctified to be a korban todah, korban shelamim, is alive or after it was slaughtered. What's the difference? Well, when it's alive, in the words of Rashi, says Rashi, mehayim she'achrayut hu alav. We'll have to define those words in a moment, but we'll translate them for the second. Me'achrayut means the responsibility is upon you. We'll discuss what that responsibility is just in a moment. But it means while the animal is still alive, that's when Rabbi Yosei said it's still considered yours, even though you sanctified it. After you slaughtered it, Mishuhan gavoa kazachu, kivyachol, it's almost as if God says you slaughtered it, new zone, new realm, new world. It's no longer yours. It got transferred through the slaughter to my possession. 
You want to eat from it, Mr. Israel? Maybe. Mr. Kohen? Certainly. Rashi and Tosafot. I'll give it to you from my table. Mishul Hangavoa Kazachu. Kivyachol, as if God says, you've transferred ownership to me and now I allow for you to eat from it. So up until the moment of slaughtering, sure, it was yours. Once you slaughtered it, it's now mine and I'm repossessing it to you. Ah, that's how it works, which means to say that that's the reason, says the Gemara that you can't be Mikadesh a woman, at the very least a Kohen, we're dealing with after slaughtered. You're not walking into the Hupa hall. I mean, it's still weird that you're walking in with meat, but you're not walking in with a live animal. If you walked in with a live animal, sure. You walked in with dead animal, with slaughtered meat. You say to the woman, let's go barbecue it outside right now. Why? Because when, you when you're able to eat from it, God gave it to you. It's no longer mamon be'alim. Those are the words of our Gemara. That's uh, in turn the halakha. Um, the, the Rashi mentions those words, ahrayut. There's a, there's a debate amongst the Aharonim what he means by what sort of responsibility are we dealing with. Are we dealing with responsibility specifically with regards to, one's the simple interpretation of Rashi, with regards to if the animal gets lost or gets some negligence or even onus, something happens to it, it's your responsibility now to make it up. Simple interpretation of Rashi, or alternatively, it's the general responsibility to tend to that animal. There's a difference between whether it's specifically a korban or not. But for our purposes, it means leading up to the slaughtering, it's my responsibility to handle this animal. As a result, it's mine, says Rabbi and after all, I'm going to eat from it. You slaughtered it. It's a little bit funny, but I mean, the concept you can understand. That was the threshold. It now went into God's possession. God's possession, then how come I'm allowed to eat from it? You're eating off of the table of God. That's what's taking place. Oh, so that being the case, again, to piece it all together for us in the Gemara, it means according to the Biosia Hagilili back in our Mishnah, when my animal gores your animal, am I liable to pay? Absolutely. Why am I liable to pay? Because your animal was still alive. Animal's still alive. It's your possession. Why is it your possession? Kadashim Kalim, the pasuk by lying in court in the situation of kofir bepikadon. After the animal is slaughtered, that's the Mishnah Masechet Kiddushin. Over there, you want to be Mekadesh a woman. It's got to be your possession. It's no longer yours, at the very least, if it's the Kohen. Says the Gemara. Okay, so that's, that's what we're up to uh, thus far in the Gemara. We distinguished, according to the Biosir Galili, who's our primary and famous opinion with regards to Kadashim Kalim, between Mehayim and the Why can't it be the other way? When it's an animal and it's now Kodesh, it's still the other so Rashi provides for us at least the counter sevara. Rashi says, at which point is it your responsibility to tend to? Rashi says, Mehayim, Mehayim is ahrayut is alecha. It stands to reason that God says to you, while it's your possession, it's your responsibility to tend to. Once it was slaughtered, ah, what well, if it got lost or there's an onus, you don't have a responsibility to make it up. Your responsibility is full-fledged and, and complete with regards to getting it into the mikdash and slaughtering it. Once it's done, it's finished. That's, that's the uh, distinction that, that's what Rashi was really dealing with. It says the Gemara, Umehayim Mi'amar, question mark. Uh, that's a question. In other words, you're telling me, Rabbi Yohanan, a Hidush. Uh, the whole 
concept was novel to us, but certainly once we got our minds wrapped around two different types of korban or two different types of kodesh, as more of a still a novelty, it was still a hidush. Rabbi Yosei you told me that there's something called mamon be'alim, even though it's kodesh. Again, it, it is, and I know we might not appreciate it, it's an earth-shattering concept. It's stating that even though something is a korban, something is hikdesh, it still has a partial ownership or a full ownership by me to, for certain legal respects. That's out of this world. You never heard of such a thing. You say it's God. It's Kodesh Lamonai. If it's Kodesh Lamonai, says the Gemara, yeah, that's right. I have a question about that. Is that really so? Even when the animal's alive, would you be liable for damaging someone else's animal uh, if it's already Kodesh, even Kadashim Kalim? I don't think so. What do you mean? Just logically? No, I have another proof. Uh, we're going to bring a Mishnah, and through the way that the rabbis dealt with this Mishnah, we're going to at the very least prove that not everyone agrees with Rabbi Yohanan's interpretation. It goes like this. The Mishnah is dealing with Bechor. Bechor, of course, is the firstborn animal. Firstborn animal has to be is, is sanctified. It's Kadosh Merechem. And the halakha is that it needs to be given to the Kohen. And it needs to be eaten biktusha in the Mikdash and slaughtered and sacrificed, etc. Um, if the Bechor has what's called a mum, it has a blemish which befalls it, uh, in such a situation, Kohen still is given it. He slaughters it. He can consume it. He can deal with it. Okay, so that being the case, the Hatenan doesn't the Mishnah teach us the following halacha? This is the Mishnah in Masechet Ma'aser Sheni. Bechor Mukhrin Oto Tam Hai Uba'amum Hai. Veshahut, excuse me, uh, uh, one more time. Bechor Mokhrinoto, the halakha is Bechor Mokhrinoto. The halakha is that when you have a Bechor, you can sell it. Tam Hai. If it's a complete, meaning it doesn't have a blemish, while it's still alive, can be sold. Rashi. Tam Hai on the left hand side. Velokeah Yamtin. And the person who bought that Bechor waits, Adshi Polbomum, until there's a blemish which befalls it, Vish Hatenu, and then you can slaughter it. Aval Tamim Shahut Lo. But if it's Tam, if it's, if it's c- complete, if it's not blemished, and you slaughtered it, you can't sell it. If you went ahead and you slaughtered outside of the Mikdash a Bechor, a firstborn animal, which is Kodesh, you slaughtered it even before it got a mum, and then you want to sell it, you're not allowed to sell it. That's, that's, that's meaningless because the halakha is the Asur the Kadashim HaShahutim Bahutsu. If you have Kodesh, which is slaughtered outside of the Mikdash, it needs to be buried. You can't get any benefit. Okay, so again, a Bechor, which is is Kadashim Kalim, which there is a consumption on behalf of the uh, of, of a someone over here. Vehatenan bechor mochrin oto tam hai. A bechor can be sold when it's unblemished and alive. Ubalmum, however, if it's blemished, it can be sold hai vishahut, whether it's alive or already slaughtered. Do we understand again the distinction between the two? When it's tam, I can't slaughter it outside of the mikdash. I slaughter it outside the mikdash and I'm selling it to you, there's no benefit to be had from this. However, if there's already a blemish, whether it's alive or already slaughtered, I can now sell it to you and receive money. Yes? Next. Umekadeshin bo etaisha. 
And the most important lines for us are those final lines, umekadeshin bo et ha'isha. And you could use that bechor as a kohen to betroth, to engage a woman with it. Aha, Rashi. Umekadeshin bo kohanim et ha'isha. Demamonan hu. Because this bechor is considered your possession. De ba'alav shel bechor hainu kohen. Who is the owner of a Bechor? The Kohen. The Mishinolad HaBechor. When the Bechor is born, as I told you, it's Kadosh Merech. From the womb, it already has a Kedusha. Shelohu. Oh, well, wait a second. That being the case, we have a very important Halakha, which just emerged from this. It means when I'm dealing with Kadashim Kalim, like Bechor, even though it's still alive, and when it's slaughtered, the Halakha is I could be Mikadesh a woman from it. Ve'amar Rav Nachman, Amar Abba lo shanu ela bechor bizman hazeh. The halacha that this bechor has a certain possession with regards to legal status. It's my possession. It belongs to me as a kohen. It's only bizman hazeh. What does bizman hazeh mean? It means when there's no mikdash. Dekevan de la hazeh lehakrava. Since the animal cannot and will not ever be slaughtered as a as a korban, it lehu la kohanim zechia begavayu. As a result, the kohanim have a zechia. They have a certain possession. They have a certain right to this animal. Aval bizman shebet hamikdash kayam, but in the days of the bet hamikdash, the hazel hakrava lo. When it was appropriate to then be slaughtered in the mikdash, you could not and would not be able to be mikdash a woman with that animal. Hang tight. So. So listen, which all our Mishnayot are talking about whether when for some reason his statement over here in this Mishnah is that only does it maintain, are you able to get a certain possession in it, to get a legal right to it. Wait a second, which is what we've been talking about until now, I thought you have a certain possession in it then. I thought you have a legal, uh, legal ownership over it. Right, you follow? So in other words, one more time. The halakha should be, according to the Biyoseh HaGilili, when the animal is alive, Prior to slaughtering, Bechor, Kadashim Kalim, Kohen, possession of it, he should now be able to, it's a, a towel wedding, he should be able to turn to his wife and say, Honey, since I'm a Kohen, I'm going to do something very special. I'm going to take this firstborn animal, I'm going to be Mekadesh you, you with it. And he should be able to do this, we imagined, even Bizman Shabbat Mikdash Kayam. Why not? After all, it's Mamon Be'alim. After all, that's what the Torah seems to tell us. That's Rabbi Yosea Gilili's opinion. How come we have this very important statement in qualifying that Mishnah, which says it's not so during the time Shabbat Mikdash Kayam. The only time a Kohen would be able to be Makadesh a woman with it why so? Because if the Bet HaMikdash was around, it's Omed Lehakrava, that animal is to be sacrificed. So what if it's to be sacrificed? That's what we've been spending the whole day, today and Friday, explaining this new idea of Rabbi Yosea Galili. Even though the item is Kodesh, you still have a certain possession, a certain legal right to it. No, 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 there's no legal right. 
why not? Right? So we're already into the crux of the issue over here, but it's only going to continue. Let me just read it together with you one more time. It says the Gemara, I'm going up again a few lines. Is it so even when the animal is still alive? You told me, Rabbi Yosei will distinguish between after death and when it's alive. But you told me when it's alive, Rabbi Yohanan, your interpretation of Rabbi Yosei is to explain his words as not only applying to kifirah bepikadon, lying about uh, the thing that was entrusted to me, it applies to all situations. It's a principle. Kadashim kalim is mamon be'alim. That shilamim, that bechor, that and so forth, it belongs to me. Uh, wait a second, that's when it's alive. Don't we have a Mishnah which seems to teach us, according to our traditional interpretation of it, not so. Bechor mocharinoto hatam hai. Again, these details important, but less less important than the next words. Uba'almum, if the animal has a blemish already, hayvishahut, it can be sold whether it's alive or slaughtered. Umekadeshin bo, whether it's a tam hai, complete and still alive, or ba'almum hai or ba'almum, but again, in both those situations, you have a live animal, mekadeshin bo ta'isha, we should be very excited about that. The only time it applies that this kiddushin is effective, that it's considered your possession to the extent that you can turn to a woman and say, you're engaged to me with this. It's only bizman hazeh, meaning after the structure of since it's not raui, it's not appropriate to be sacrificed. The kohanim have a certain, a certain right to this meat. Okay, but we're still in the middle of this because now the Gemara fleshes it entirely out. Rava turned to Rav Nachman and he said to him, Rav Nachman, why'd you say that? How come you said that this only applies even according to according to our understanding, he asked him from the Biraita we quoted earlier on the page, the way we started our day, that's our pasuk of that's the kefirat bepikadon, according to this statement of Rabbi Yosei finishing our issue, in this back and forth of interpreting the Mishnah that we just quoted from Masechet Ma'aser Sheni, I can't understand Rav Nachman. Why did you say that it only applies if I took this animal when there's no Bet HaMikdash saying that there's a Kiddushim? Those were Rav Nachman's words. So now Rava challenges Rav Nachman and says, what are you talking about? Why don't we say according to the Biosei Galili, even as much as Mikdash Kayam, even when you have a beautiful Mikdash in place, you sanctified this end. No, the animal was sanctified from birth. It's a Bechor. You should be able to be Mikdash a woman according to the Biosei Galili. That's what we're up to now. If the answer is you're right, I fold. Uh, so then, then we're in then we're in good shape. If the answer is that Mishnah is going according to the Hachamim and not the Biosei Galili, we're okay as well. If the answer is anything else. Clearly, we've now understood that not everyone agrees with Rabbi Yohanan's interpretation of Rabbi Yosei Gilili. Clearly, there's a matter of dispute, an argument, a disagreement with regards to whether, according to Rabbi Yosei Gilili, we take that law, which he derives about lying about this item, which I was interested and applies it to other cases as well. Question? Says the Gemara, and Umishane Ravina, and Ravina answered, and again, we want him to answer, I'll tell you what, that Mishnah is going according to 
Rabbanan, Hachamim, not Rabbi Yosei No, it's not what he answers. He says, Bebechor bechutza la'aretz. Ve'alibader bishim'on. De'amar imba'u temimim yikarvu, imba'u in lechatechila lo. Ve'imitad, echi amar biyosei agilili, mamunohu mechayim, lishne har biyosei agilili, har Rabbanan. So let's conclude with these words, but understand them properly. The answer of Ravina, and I'm going backwards, was not, was not, well, that Mishnah must be following the other opinion, not Rabbi Yosei If that's what he said, we'd, uh, we'd, Rabbi Yohanan would say, I rest my case. You see? Everybody agrees with me. According to Rabbi Yosei Mamon Be'alim, Kadashim Kalim, right? That's why the Mishnah says, oh, that's why Rav Nachman explained that Mishnah in such a fashion that it's only Bizman She'en Be'et HaMikdash Kayam because... It's not following Rabbi Yosei but he doesn't answer that way. How does he answer? He answers, uh, interesting, I mean, it's a little bit of a more obscure type of answer, esoteric answer. He says, it's talking about a Bechor Bechutza La'aretz, a Bechor which is born outside of Israel. Va'libad Rabbi Shimon, and according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, what's that? De'amar, imba'u timimim yikarvu, listen to those words, if they came, if they entered into Israel, timimim, and they're still complete, there's unblemished, yikarvu, they're brought as a korban, imba'u in lechatechila lo, it sounds like if they came, in other words, the following case, I say, uh, the question was raised, if someone brought his Bechor into Israel, under such circumstances, you sacrifice it. One second, why'd you say it like that? How come you didn't say if a person has a firstborn animal outside of Israel, he needs to bring it into Israel in order to sacrifice it? Clearly, that's not the ideal. Oh, wait a second, so let me just one more time understand this. Unideal. Not ideal situation. If the animal is born outside of Israel, unideal, you brought it into Israel, you bring it to the Mikdash. What would, would be the ideal as Eli? Just leave it outside, let it graze until it has a blemish, and then use it accordingly. But that means to say, again, piecing things together for us, one more time, the Mishnah in Masechet Sheni, toward the bottom of the page over here, which says, if a person takes a Kohen, his Bechor, and tries to be Mekadesh a woman with it, uh, she's Mekudeshet. Oh, that's only when there's no Beta Mikdash. That wouldn't work. So well, wait a second. What about mamon be'alim? So the answer says the Gemara is that says Ravina is that we're dealing with a funny situation. We're dealing with a bechor which was born outside of Israel and then made its way into Israel under such a circumstance. Uh, we were going to say uh, in, under such a circumstance since it was born outside of Israel. Uh, and you are outside of Israel, you're not really supposed to be sacrificing that animal. You're not supposed to be sacrificing that animal. Look at Rashi. In other words, his way of qualifying Rabbi Yosei is saying that Rabbi Yosei is only talking about when does it belong to you? How is it yours? when it was born outside of Israel. Under such a circumstance, we say, don't bring it into the Mikdash. So let me just piece it all together with, for you and, and, and to try to diffuse a little bit the confusion. It means that we started off the day and we talked about this opinion of Rabbi Yosei Aguilili. According to Rabbi Yohanan, Mamon Be'alim, Kadashim, Kalim. We challenged it. Our ultimate challenge is from this bottom Mishnah. The Mishnah says, if you have a Bechor, well, you can be Mikdash a woman, but Rav Nachman explained, only Bizman Shabbat Mikdash Kayam. We challenged it. What about Rabbi Yosei Aguilili? 
אין בית המקדש קיים. What about רבי יוסי הגלילי? Her answer is רבי יוסי הגלילי was only talking about when the animal was born outside of Israel. Why does that make a difference? Because when the animal was born outside of Israel, we say you're not ideally supposed to be sacrificing this at all. It means then and only then is it yours. It means that we're throwing an, a hammer at Rabbi Yochanan who started our Gemara. According to Rabbi Yosei HaGilili, when I have Kadashim Kalim, a Bechor, a Shelamim, a Toda, is it mine or is it not mine? According to uh, the Gemara is telling us, uh, Rabbi Yochanan, it's mine entirely and therefore if you were to uh, gore uh, with your animal, you have to pay me. According to this final statement in the Gemara, according to Ravina, it's not so. It's only when the animal is outside of Israel. If the animal is in it's Israel, what's that? Even without a moon. Even without a moon, but whether with a moon or without a moon, under such a circumstance, it's going to only then be considered mamun be'alim. Okay, we'll continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Hanunai, le'olam, amen, ve'amen.